So, good evening. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> How um, It's a charged day. It's kind of a polar day. You kind of are in the yay or nay. How's the, how's the room doing right now? <laughs> yay? Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> eh, okay. We make room for everything here. Um, I was actually reflecting... Um, <laughs> Valentine's Day in the past, or when I was a little kid, it was a really hard day for me, and but not for the reason you think. And that was because I had this, um, <laughs> it became a psychosomatic reaction to the heart shape. So in my sixth grade class, I actually blacked out, I, had, I fainted as we were cutting out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our, 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 our Valentine's Day cards. <laughs> so it's taken me a long time. It's been a lot of years to get here, but now I like the day a lot. <laughs> so, I'm a, um, a body worker by profession, and um, I practice with a meditation teacher named Reggie Ray, who whose main focus is on the body as, as a path and um, a path of dharma, really, and a path of meditation that's complete. So I really wanted to, I was very inspired to talk about some of the intricacies of what I've been learning with Reggie, but it's Valentine's Day. And um, the topic that I really want to talk about tonight is um, actually coincides. I want to talk about the heart tonight. And I want to talk about love tonight. So, in the Buddhist path, there's a lot of talk about the mind. And we see this word mind over and over and over again, taming the mind, training the mind. And over time, this became really confusing for me. And in the Tibetan tradition, there's a lot of concern and elaboration on the nature of mind. What is the nature of the mind? How do we know the true nature of the mind? And what I've come to is that the word mind is, in my mind, a really bad translation. And that the more that I mature in my practice, I am finding that it's the heart that we're talking about. So I have to unpack this a little bit. And to do that, I want to look through the lens of somatic psychology a bit. And that being body-centered, you know, neuroscience, but not really neuroscience, just naming what the different functions of the body do. 
So in the brain, we have the right brain and the left brain. And the left brain is, is associated with cognition. It's associated with thinking, labeling, analyzing, and so forth, judging. And it's, um, so that's one half. And then there's the right brain, which is associated very closely with the heart, and it's also associated with um, the enteric brain, which is the gut, your gut instinct. And so um, you could just call this the soma in a certain way. There's, it's the central nervous system. It's um, all of the faculties and functions that allow us to know our direct experience. So it's like the five senses, and then there's, there's the fundamental consciousness. And... Uh, like when the Dalai Lama went in with the scientists and the scientists asked, well, where is the mind? I bet you guys, probably some of you have heard that the monks didn't point up here, they pointed to their heart center. So I think this is an important point. It's been an important point for me because I've spent a lot of time watching my mind and thinking about my mind and thinking on some level, because we use this word mind and it's so related to cognition, getting um, on a subtle level thinking that I'm freeing my brain in a certain way. And now I'm more confident that it's the left brain, which is the... which is um, the analyzing and the thinking mind is the secondary effect that comes after our primary experience. And the primary experience is our heart. And so, what is the state of the heart? That seems to be a really important question. So in the Tibetan tradition, they say that they talk a lot about the awakened state as being the natural state. And when you think about the heart, you know, we talk all the time about having an open heart, have an open heart. Well, the open heart is really natural. It's natural for the heart to be in a state of openness. And in fact, the qualities of the open heart are many. So when we have an open heart, we feel love and joy, and we can feel... um, suffering around us and so then there if we're not contracting then the heart's natural response is compassion it 
And in all of these cases, um, what is fundamentally uh, interesting to me is that it seems that there is a kind of, there's a fundamental knowing that arises before any of those qualities come out. The Tibetans describe awareness as having three parts. So the fundamental space, the fundamental ground or openness, they call the Dharmakaya. And that is the space that is really everywhere. It's the fundamental ground. It's in my heart. It's in your heart. It's the, the space of the universe. That's how I understand it. And maybe I can qualify all this by just saying that these are only my, my understandings. And so I'm just sharing with you from that place. So out of that space, that basic space, then arises, um, co-emerging out of that space is also a kind of cognizance or knowing, which is the second quality. And Tibetans call that the Sambhogakaya. And the Sambhogakaya is... I lost my train of thought here. Um... Basically, there's the Sambhogakaya and there's the Nirmanakaya, and that's the, the third state. Um, that's what arises out of the Sambhogakaya, which is what we know as compassion, or those qualities that arise out of the knowingness. So, I guess, reflecting back, so why is this important? In my experience, what meditation is teaching me is that in order to relate to life in an open way, I have to switch my allegiance from my thinking mind, which is often is up here, and, it, and drop down into my body. I grew up really quickly, and I, my center of gravity was always pretty much up here. Um, and so for me, I've found um, that the more that I actually make a connection to the ground and to the earth, then the more I am in my body. And the more that I'm in my body, the more um, there is a way to hold the thinking process without, without um, 
when I'm not synchronized with my body or when I'm not synchronized with my soma, then um, then the mind the mind is the prapancha mind spins endlessly. So I wanted to um, just. say a little bit about what it means to be or to live in the body. And then I'm really interested, we can open it up and we can have a little conversation, anyone who wants to uh, share. So um, The first level that I, uh, that is the beginning of every path of meditation that I'm aware of, Theravada, Zen, or Vajrayana practice, is, um, is the practice of synchronizing the mind and the body with um, either through the breath or just paying attention to the body. That's the first foundation of mindfulness that the Buddha taught. And when we synchronize the mind and the body, then um, there allows for a natural relaxation that can happen. When we're not synchronized, it's like our, our culture is really not conducive to synchronizing our mind and body. (laughs) So all the screens and all of the TVs and the rapid images and the speed of our day, um, well, I I can say for myself that it certainly, it, it does not allow me to rest back into the body. And I, I see that more and more um, how, how spun forward everyone is. And an interesting thing is that in the nervous system, in the central nervous system, all the main nodes um, of the spine, that's where our that's kind of where the bulk of our awareness is. So it's in the back of the body. From a level of Chinese medicine or from the other yogic traditions, they talk about the central channel as being the main pillar for where awareness emanates and arises from. And it seems key that that's, this is in the back of the body. You can probably know the experience when you're wanting something, how it, it kind of goes forward like this. You lean forward. Or you go into thinking or fantasizing about what you'll get when you get that and how it will feel. 
you probably also know the experience in meditation when you're really synchronized and paying attention to your experience, how the breath can just breathe itself. And that's a, that's a quality of receiving experience that is seems to be more in the back. So perhaps even just noticing the times that we are physically moving forward is a good could be a good indication of wow the thinking mind has really derailed the somatic experience and then that's in that could be an invitation um, to recognize wow if i feel my body right now or if if we're feeling the body is there tension probably there's probably tension there's probably some kind of like bracing contracting But of course, um, that still doesn't deal with the fact that, okay, so what? So now I'm in an uncomfortable body. What do I do about that? (laughs) It's a hard thing to let go of tension. If If we're carrying tension up here, it's, it's pretty hard just to say, I'm not going to be tense now. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to somehow be let go of, right? And um, I think that's a lot where, per, per chance, or potentially the earth is a really powerful grounding force in our meditation practice. At the time of the Buddha's enlightenment, he touched the earth. When he came home, he said, I see you, Mara, I see you. And it was this gesture that was right at the time of his awakening. For me, um, I found that if I try to transcend, when I try to transcend my, my state of uncomfort in my body and just pay attention to it up here and say, oh, tense, 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 oftentimes I'm actually bracing against what's actually going on. I'm not really making contact. So I, there needs to be some kind of refuge. This practice and this path is about refuge. And the earth is an incredible refuge because it's fundamentally always what we are um, what's holding us here. <laughs>
what's keeping us here. So um, I could go on for this a long time, but I, I probably will move on. I could just say that um, just lying on the ground, a lot of my practice now is just lying and breathing into my belly. And just when I feel the tension, I feel it on the exhale, I just let awareness go. And that space, the awareness, is not confined to the body. We think all day long that awareness is confined to this skin boundary, but we know when we're interacting with people, there's a field, and our heart knows the field. Our heart immediately knows the field. When someone who's um, peaceful walks in the room, you feel it. And when there's someone who's in a bad mood, you know it. The heart just knows it. That's the quality of the heart. And it's, and the heart knows before the mind knows. We're so used to trusting our thinking mind. And, and the, the thinking mind has plenty of amazing tools to help us reason, to help us solve problems. It's not to diminish that in any way. Because there's, I mean, yeah, it's obvious. So in in any event, tight mind, tight body. Tight body, tight mind. Open body, there's space. Open body, relaxation. And it's really, it's really amazing how just in working with people, um, doing body work, just to see as soon as the body and the breath synchronize, suddenly it's like the whole state changes. It's pretty clear. It just, I see it every day. And the natural, you know, we say sometimes like, well, I'm not, um, I don't feel in touch with myself. to me that that is indicative of not being in touch with that basic space. And the more that we just come back into breathing and abiding in the heart, then there's nowhere else to go. I mean, everything everything is workable. So I mentioned the earth because I just think that that's a powerful refuge when we're really wound up. And it's always, it's always a safe place to come back to. And once we have that safety, once that safety is a felt sense, an actual felt sense in the body, then we can trust. And when we can trust, then the heart naturally opens again. And when the heart is open, then 
everything is workable. Everything, that's the natural state. So, yeah, I think I've said some, and I'm curious to hear what other people have, um, whatever wisdom is in the room or whatever comments. Anyone who wants to say something. I'm really glad you introduced this to me because most of my work has been trying to calm the mind. And and I can do it at times even during meditation and but I've never thought about staying in the body. I've I've my mind has always come back to uh, doing its thing and telling me stories and trying to figure out something. And uh, it seems so natural now to be uh, more in touch with my body. So uh, I wanted to thank you for that. And it's going to be um, more of, or part of my practice, more, more, a larger part of my practice. <laughs> so cool. I, that's, that's really great. I'll try it out. Thank you. I haven't heard it before. I'm glad that you are bringing the body. I feel very connected with your your, your reflections. And I am a body-oriented psychotherapist. So the place that I find wisdom is in my body. There, but my struggle is, and that I feel that frequently in the Buddhist community, is that seems to me a lot of emphasis in the mind, in the intellectual. And uh, I, I still struggle with that. It's like, um, what's wrong with you? You are the really serious um, Buddhist knows a lot. Mm-hmm. And you come with talking about with the body and, and sensations mm-hmm. and feelings. Mm-hmm. But that's where my wisdom. So I, I really... I feel that when I need guidance, when I need clarity, that's where I have to go. And if I go to my head, my experience is that soon I get lost. So I feel very happy that you are bringing more body here. Thank you. You know, your your reflection reminds me of something that I want to share. Um, There's a chant... 
that we do in the my sangha in Colorado, and it goes, the body is the Buddha, awareness all pervading. The Dharma, the body is the Dharma, the path to liberation. The body is the Sangha, for all worlds of experience are found here. I take refuge in the body. I take refuge in the body. And it's kind of interesting. It's it's and when the more that I reflect on it, I see that that's quite literal. You know, there's no experience that you have ever had that's not in the body, at least in this in this form. And moreover, your nervous system records, you know, in some way it's imprinted into the nervous system all of the different events that have happened. And they get layered and layered and layered up. So all of that's there. Of course, trauma is in the body too. And in seeing healing and in participating in healing. Oh, this go off? Okay. Um, you know, there's this, these core things that happen as, you know, infants and little kids and these experiences that happen where maybe you were, you or a child is in a crib and they're six months old and, Mom, they're crying, and mom is not there, you know, in the other room. And it could be for 10 minutes, but it could feel like infinity for that little baby, that overwhelm. And sometimes that experience with trauma, it just means that we've checked out. We've checked out of our body. So the work of lying on the earth, meditating with the earth, is a really potent way of breathing into these locked areas in the body that are really bracing, you know. And it, you know, the more that the interesting thing about meditating and breathing with the earth, this book is called Touching Enlightenment, and it says much better than I can say all of the details of this orientation, the somatic orientation to practice. But the interesting thing is when, when I'm starting to breathe down into the earth. There's a kind of richness of images or sensations or energy that can bubble up from nowhere, and it comes from before the thinking mind. It's much more mysterious. It's much more um, almost primitive, and that that that's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. So. Anyhow, thank you for that comment. I guess this kind of follow on what Jaime was asking about. Could you describe the actual process you go through in breathing of the earth? Sure. And maybe even lead us through it? Yeah, I I would love to. That would be great. Actually, um, yeah, for people who are interested, that's probably what I should have done tonight is just... um, explore some of the practices. Maybe we can do just a little bit of that now. Um, okay. So if you want to, we could either do an earth breathing or we could also do another practice. It's called clearing the central channel. 
in some ways that um, they're both really good. But I think let's do clearing the central channel and then we'll do an exploration with the body. So if you want to get into a meditation posture, um, first of all, feel your sit bones and feel your roots. If you know what your perineum is, feel, see if you can feel that contact with your seat. And you can feel your spine just dignified, relaxed. So we're going to do a practice where we're breathing into, we'll take breaths. We'll take seven breaths into our lower belly. And you will imagine, you can imagine that right in front of the spine, there's this central channel where all the energy of awareness is basically circulating all day long. If it's clogged, then it creates a schism in the mind. It creates thinking. So the idea with this is we're going to breathe in when we do this. We'll, we'll breathe in, and you can imagine it's like clearing a chimney. You'll, you'll breathe in as though the bottom of your spine has a mouth, and you'll breathe into your lower belly, and you'll really expand at, out, and then you'll contract your your what you call muladhara or your perineum and you'll just it's like you're expelling all of the energy all of the stuck stuff out and you just hold it for a sec so we'll do this seven times and you can do it at your own pace so nice deep breath in to the base of your spine to the central channel see if you nice deep breath in And then exhale, squeeze, squeeze out all of the stale air. Inhale. And really squeeze out. See if you can squeeze out any stale air, any stale prana. And at the end, as you squeeze out, you can pull up on your pelvic floor. Just give a nice muscular pull up. If you're done, you can keep going. And actually, let's just do one big breath as a, as a group. And on the exhale, just hold out. See if you can hold out until it's just a little bit uncomfortable. 
and look right, look at your mind, look, at, look into your body right now. And release if you haven't released. And just breathe naturally. So now this, what we'll do now, this, this meditation comes out of the tradition, the Tibetan tradition of Mahamudra meditation. There's these gateways in the body in which when we focus, there is a kind of inner space. And there's these gateways. Once you throw your awareness through them, there's, it's kind of, there's space on the inside, but you can't quite tell if it's inside or outside your body. So we can do three more clearing. These are called the clearing breaths, the 12-fold belly breathing. You can take a nice deep breath in when you're ready. And then squeezing out all of the air. Nice deep inhale. One more time, squeezing out any stale prana and just squeeze it all out and lift up on the pelvic floor when you're done. And now you can just breathe naturally. Just let your breathing be really natural. And you might notice some tingling sensations in your body. Let's see if you can feel that. So now we'll enter, we'll just do a couple gates and we'll just experiment a little bit. So it's Valentine's Day, so let's use the heart center as the gate, our first gate. So if you want, you can place your hands on your heart, if that helps you. You can feel, I'd like you to just explore the space inside of this region. And start breathing into what feels like the center of the space. If it helps, sometimes I like to imagine that I'm breathing from behind my back. I'm breathing forward, in from the spine, And there's this place in the center that's kind of 
you could stay still or you could almost say dead. It's, it's dead. It's actually so alive, but it's, it's still. See if you can find this place. And there's all of, in, in, lo, in locating it, you can feel the energy of the heart center. And that is the periphery of this space. Just go inside from where you feel the energy. Go right in the... It's a centerless center. So you're not... If you find yourself thinking with your mind, stop thinking and just enter right back into the body. And there's this space. The space actually opens backwards. So what we're going to do when you exhale, just allow your awareness to go backwards. Just exhale and just let it all drop back. And there's this ah, you can just allow. It's very natural. And when you're there, just don't do anything, just stay there. Just let everything in the body be completely natural. Okay, very good. So I'd like to just introduce one more gateway that is particularly interesting. And actually, before we do, just see if you can notice how the body, once we tune into the space, the open, empty space in the heart center, What's the experience of the body like from that vantage point? Is it open? Is there some kind of awareness? 
Is there an awareness of some kind? What's it like to know, to be aware from the heart center? Okay. Thank you. So for the next gateway, there's many different gateways, but one powerful one is the back of the palate where you swallow into. And the main gateways are pretty much all along the spines. They the spine they correspond to the different chakras. They're places where the body doesn't feel, when we actually abide there, it doesn't feel very solid. So you can go to the palate, bring your attention into the space. And actually before we do this exploration, we could just do three more belly clearing breaths just to expel any mental activity. So you can breathe in from the bottom of your perineum, the base of your spine. And you can, when you exhale, just expel everything. can hold out in the last breath, just hold out. And you can breathe naturally again. You can feel this kind of column of light right in front of the spine, which is the central channel. And you can bring your attention right up to the palate. Right, find the mouth and then go backwards. And that's right, it's sort of before the vertebrae. There's an open there's an opening. So now as you breathe, see if you can breathe back. If you can't if you can't find it, you can breathe through your mouth and your nose, and it's the place where the breath the, the breath meets.
just start to breathe back here. And there is an opening, in fact, in a second, we're going to open the gates backwards. We're going to just throw our awareness backwards through the opening. So it's kind of like there's a curtain. Your attention is on one side of the curtain. And then when I say go, you're just going to lift the curtain and you're going to just completely explode backwards. You're just going to throw yourself back. And you're just... You don't have to make anything happen. There's nothing to make happen, really. But just notice what you experience. So on the count of three. One. Two. Three. Go! Let yourself dissolve backwards. Let everything relax. And just notice what's aware right now, what's knowing this experience. Can you find any location to the knowing of this experience? can probably just notice that there's the space. There's space holding us here. And just let yourself merge with that space. You don't have to do anything at all, no manipulation. And the body is just very, very natural. open your eyes. So that's just one of 20 or 30 different practices and explorations that, that we do and where I practice. So I'm looking at the time, it's 
almost 9.30. I want to say thank you for your very kind attention. And um, we, can, we can dedicate the merit of our meditation. So however you wish to, you could probably, if you want to, place your hand on your heart. It's Valentine's Day. And you can just, as we do this, we can send out the energy in every direction to whoever you are connected to. So whatever goodness arises from this practice, we dedicate to all beings everywhere. Whatever insight or joy or wholesome qualities we have awakened, may it be gladly shared with everyone. And whatever merit our practice has generated, may it be multiplied infinitely out. for the happiness and the benefit and the welfare of all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.